trapped on an island with nothing to do. What games would you take there with you? With no one else around, you could go insane without your desert island games. Everyone is tuning in to Jail 76 Gaming. Hello, welcome to Desert Island Games with Jail 76 Gaming. And this is episode number 45, getting slowly towards the 50 episode point. First of all, before we start, I have to apologise for the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's not been any episodes uh, due to one thing or another, but uh, we're back now. Um, and hopefully there won't be any gaps again. But tonight's guest is a great YouTuber, um, Kev Elston, but we, you, better, you may know him better as Retro Games Crusader. Welcome to Desert Only Games, Kevin. Uh, thank you very much. It's good to have you. Thanks. How are you this evening? I'm great. Um, I just got an extra amiibo, so I'm one off the full 12 first wave. Yeah. I've, now, I'm a bit behind the times, um, as always with these things. Um, so for the benefit of people who may not know, including myself, what is an amiibo? Uh, Amiibo is a figure figurine by Nintendo that has a code within the base, kind of like Skylanders, right. and unlocks like certain abilities in different games. But mostly, I'm collecting them because I like Nintendo figures, uh, and, and the price was cheap enough to start with. If you know what I mean. Are they quite cheap to buy then? Um. Between ten to twelve pound, but some of them now are all rare and expensive because of uh, supply and demand being very low at the minute. Right. Now you you recently did a video on this actually. Um, um, was it? I don't know if you've done it. You've done a couple of episodes. You you put one up recently. If you want to you want to plug that. Uh, which one? The, the latest the, was it episode yeah. two. Was it? Sorry. I've did two videos lately, um, yeah. Amiibo Mania 2 and Pixel Art Project, which I've uploaded Yeah, I was going to get to that one in a minute. Yeah, but the latest Amiibo one was uh, um, the the one, um, the, was that during the week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a good video that I watched earlier on, and I shared it um, for anybody that's on my Facebook. I've shared that link, so you should go and check it uh, out. Thank you very much. It's uh, very, very... Good. I, I mean, I did watch it, but I still was getting none the wiser to, to Amiibos. I'm not really much of a collector of um, that kind of thing, like game memorabilia or anything, but I understand people's uh, people's passion for it. Yeah. Uh, I want to move on to the um, the video you put up today, was it? Was it uh, the, the pixel art? Yeah, I finally got, like, the the... Are sent away like two weeks ago, and I received like the footage of Chris last night. So I've been like editing like during the night, yeah, and uploaded it eventually. So how did you get into into doing this? It's quite a quite a nice. Um, uh, pixel art. Yeah. Um, I've seen it years ago, but I didn't know what they were made out of, and 
uh, watched a fellow YouTuber, uh, 64-Bit Matthew from Canada. Right. And he did, like, quite a, a bunch of them together and gave them the games that he won and asked them what it used. And I'm all right, and then, like, the, this time last year, I started doing them with my partner, like, starting off with the little ones, and then gradually, like, making them better and better, and then uh, earlier in this year, I decided to ask a bunch of uh, YouTubers if they wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And they would send me, like, a challenge, and most of the time I wouldn't know what they wanted until I received their clip, and it'd be like, oh, what do I do now type of thing. All right. Yeah, I've, I've seen a, I've seen a few episodes of this. Um, particularly the one I enjoyed was the one with Monkey Spaz. Yeah, you seen the the one I made for him behind him on top of his uh, thermostat, I think. Yeah, it's in his games room, is it? <laughs> uh, the bitmap kit or something it's called. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, how long does it take you to make one of them? Um, depends on the certain one, and sometimes I might have to like find the image myself, stick it in Photoshop, change it into like a pixel by pixel type of thing, or I find like a template online, mm-hmm. and I'll just put like a camera above me, like pointing at it, so it's kind of like upside down when it gets recorded. Right. And I'm just like following it line for line on the screen. Yeah. But it's, each one's found, like, its own, like, hardnesses. Like, I think the hardest one to date is probably the Majora's Mask. Right. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know if I would have the patience for that. <laughs> it's great. Um, I'm not really not really artistic or anything. So. It's, I, I enjoy those videos. Um, it's, quite, it's quite good the way you speed it up as well. It's um, quite, I think yeah. it's quite entertaining to watch it. Yeah, today's one, uh, when I was editing that, I went through, like, all the clips because uh, fin- I finished it quite a while ago, but it took us, like, another month and a bit to just send it, and I went through, like, the footage, like, putting it together, and it was about three and a bit hours, and I was like, oh, that's kind of quick. <laughs> the Majora's Mask took them sure, about eight hours. <laughs> Jeez. That's obviously not in one sitting. Yeah, the... A Juris mask that was over like two or three days. Um, the Earthworm Gym the day that I'm sure I did that in one sitting that was good. But normally some of them might take us a few days. It just doesn't look that way because I'll have the camera in the same spot most of the time and you just put the same light and then you can just jump in any time. Right. I, would, I think you, you must have to keep, keep it away from your cat because cats can be quite destructive. Uh, I think he knocked one once, but he like always jumps in front of the camera anyway. <laughs> if I left anything like that line about my house, my cat, I've got three cats. They, they would they would have it down in no time. <laughs> <laughs> bits of bits of everything going under the couch, and uh, so yeah. it's good a good job of not getting that hobby really. Anyways, um, shall we go on with the the show, Desert Island Games. Um, for those of you that have not watched it, um, it's basically you get to pick eight games you would bring on our Desert Island if you were stranded. Uh, yeah. One book, one luxury item. Uh, 
Not a rip-off of Desert Island Discs at all. It's completely my own idea. <laughs> not. And during the week, um, you sent me some... Uh, your list of games. Yeah. And there's a few different... Uh, there's a couple of retro games in here and a couple more modern ones. Um, do you want me to also just do them in order you gave them, gave me them in here? Yeah. Yeah. So the first one is... Um, Ocarina of, Ocarina of Time, which you described as a must. Yeah, it's probably one of my most prized type of games ever played. Even out of like the Legend of Zelda series, it's once you play it, you're just getting engulfed by it pretty much. And it's one of them games that I've always liked, not because of hype and because of what it is. Yeah. It, because I enjoyed it that much. Yeah, Le- Legend of Zelda games have been picked a few times on Desert Island games. Um, I, th- I think this has been picked before as well, so it's obviously pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, but this was uh, obviously a Nintendo 64. Um, it came out in 1998, I believe. And, uh, December, yeah. in fact, it's almost, it came out in December 11th. 1998, so almost, well, give or take a few days, um, was that 16 years? <laughs> 16 years ago since that came out. Um, did you get it back in the day when it first came out, or did you have to wait? Um, I played it within the first week. I think I played it in Toys R Us, and then yeah. I probably played it a few years later when I got it in 64. Yeah. Um, and I take it you've, I suppose, probably a silly question, but I would assume you've completed it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a series that I never get into myself, unfortunately, not being a big um, role-playing game fan, but I recently had a shot of, um, oh, what one is it again? Uh, the one in the SNES. I had a shot of it. Um, oh, Link to the Past. Link to the Past, that's it. That's another uh, one of my favourites of like the series itself, mostly for the same reasons of most of the choices I've chose for this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm just trying to see if we can find any trivia for this game. Anything interesting trivia? Um. It got um like on the Metacritic uh, review site. It got 99 out of 100. Uh, Average score from 22 reviews, so that just goes to show you how um, how good a game it must be. Almost, yeah, almost perfect. If you like that type of thing, it, yeah. it will be like one of the most dominant things you've ever played in like any way of enjoyment. If you're on a desert island, I'm sure you could um, lose a few hours playing this. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's see, it sold. 2.5 million copies um, in 1998, and that was despite the fact it was released only 39 days before the end of the year. <laughs> That's quite amazing. Um, yeah, especially for N64 days. Yeah. Have you still got a Nintendo 64? Yeah, um, I've got two, but I'm selling uh, the Pikachu one box at the minute. Uh a big uh, Pokemon fan as well? Yes, I'm a very big Pokemon fan. 
Oh, I can't remember if you've got any Pokemon games on this list. We'll, we'll find it out. No, I don't think you have. Spoiler nah. <laughs> Ah, no Pokemon. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, this, it's been featured before this game. There's not really not much more you can say about it. it is, if you like that sort of game, it's one of the best out there. Yeah. Um, so, move on to the second game, which is, let me see your list here. And this one I have played, um, Tekken 3, a beat em up game. Yeah. Yeah, so what format? Was that the PlayStation, was it? Yeah, it was on the PlayStation 1 and it had it had a beat em up mode and it had obviously the main story mode slash uh, versus mode and all sorts. And it's one of my favourite games of all time for the speed it was. It was one of the first ever fighting games I played at the age of like six or seven and I used to just get really good at it and at one point I didn't have a memory card so I used to play it all the time just to unlock the characters and I enjoyed doing that over and over and I think once I had a nosebleed and I didn't want to stop playing so I continued playing just with my feet and I could do that at the time it was really funny and it's like a story I bring up time to time with people playing Tekken with your feet (laughs) I bet you you can still beat me if I was using my hands to play it (laughs) I haven't really played the modern ones. Uh, I played Tekken 6 on the 360 a couple of years ago and I wasn't a big fan. Yeah, I liked the first one. Um, I had the first one. Well, I didn't. I, I got one of it off of a friend. Yeah. The first one. <laughs> and I, I liked it. I mean, I really liked it, but I, I still prefer the Mortal Kombat series, personally, but it's absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, a great game. Um, this came out in 1998 as well, funnily enough, same year as the the last game, uh, just slightly before it. Um, so what would be your favourite character to play in this? Uh, at the time it would have been Paul and Brian Fury. Mm. I like the powerful punches that they both had. Mm. have slight different techniques but they're quite similar in like speed and that. Yeah, I I liked the what was it? What was the kind of tiger one? Was it kind of tiger or tiger or? Oh, King. Yeah, I liked him from the first game. I think King looked the best in number three. He had like a a t-shirt, spandex, and he had like decent trainers, and it looked really, really good for the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. As we said, um, PlayStation and also come out as PlayStation 2 as part of Tekken 5's arcade history mode. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, by Namco, uh, for those who don't know, uh, it was uh, produced by uh, Hijami Nakitani. Yeah. I just like to provide the provide some information to the game because usually I just go through these games and don't say and don't give any background information to them. So try to be informative as well. Um, yeah, I think he's been in the press lately because um, I think Tekken Seven's coming out soon and they announced like a, a new character, which is like a, a girl in a cat suit and. And loads of Americans went on Twitter and talked to the main guy, just giving him loads of grief. And he went, 
if he's doing one eight, he can't have her. <laughs> and then really, like, shitloads of them up and all that. But I had a look at the footage, and she was, like, really quick and was really cool looking, to be honest. Yeah, totally. So what did you think of the, the music in this game? I like the techno sound type of... It was rare. it was a really for a fighting game of like the the three D era of PlayStation. I think it was probably the pinnacle of like the fighting games because it had the speed. Because in them days, I enjoyed Tekken two, Tekken three, and that in Soul Blade, the the first one for Soul Calibur. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Of course, it was um, PlayStation's 20th anniversary last week, so yeah. it's supposed to show we're all getting old. I'm probably a bit older than you right enough, but we're all getting old. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was still young when the PlayStation came out, but that was, I think, my fourth console by then. <laughs> well, so if it was 20 years ago, uh, 1994, so I would have been... I would have been... God, I'd have 18. <laughs> I would have been five when it came out. <laughs> oh, God, see, I am definitely older than you. <laughs> it sucks being old. It's good, it's good that, um, it's good that a lot of you younger ones are still into retro games anyway. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, uh, I suppose for you growing up it would have been things like PlayStation. When I was growing up it was things like, um, Atari 2600 and uh, Spectrum. I have a, I have two 2600s. Cool. But I never seen one until like three years ago. I've got a quite mint condition uh, Atari uh, 2600 Vera. That's pretty nice. Is it a Woody Atari? It's black and plastic. It's, when you hold it, actually, it feels really new. But I think when I, when I got it, it was never really used. Mm-hmm. Because when you when I picked it up, it felt brand new, didn't it? It was like very nice. Must have been well looked after. Yeah, I had to use the a different adapter for it, though. I don't think it came with one, so I had to use the one from uh, Benetton. All right. Can you get that hooked up to a modern television, or is it like an older yeah, television? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With modern TVs, you just scan the aerial one in, and then. You just plug it in. Cool. I, I assumably, um, I've I've got um, emulators, but I would like I would like to own um, some of these older systems. Just just, yeah. just getting the, the money in the in the space. I mean, I don't have a lot of these old retro systems, but I do have I do have every single PlayStation. So, um, I just even just the PlayStation take up a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of, obsession with, bit of an obsession with the PlayStation. Uh, which is my favourite system. Anyway, the next one, um, quite a popular pick um, as well. Desert Island Games, well, not not necessarily this version of it, but it's it always gets picked, whether it be number 7, number 14 or whatever, but you went for uh, Final Fantasy X HD. Is it? I thought most people would have picked 7, or even 8. Or even three. A lot of people picked seven, yeah. You've went for number ten. Yeah, it was... I think the first 
PlayStation 2 game I ever beat because I was a a cube type of guy and like me old, uh, little sister got the PlayStation 2 and I went I want to play an RPG so I picked uh, 10 up and played it and I thought it was like one of the best games ever yes. even for all the cheesiness I didn't even think it was cheesy I thought it was quite epic storyline and I enjoyed the battle system it was simple but it was it kept on going on and the story was quite gripping and I've beat the game about three or four times so I take it it's a game you a game you would go back to again and again yeah but then I got the second part and I didn't really like it alright so so the, the HD remaster is, is that the one you're picking yeah just because it's like the newer the newer version of it <laughs> right and it's uh, Square Square Enix. I think that's how you pronounce it, isn't it? Square Enix. Yeah, Square Enix. They were known. They were just known as Square uh, back in the day when this came out. Yeah. Then uh, Square Enix. Squaresoft. Yeah. Um. This was. Um. Well, us guys in Europe got it in um, May 2002. It came out. It came out in Japan in uh, 2001. Um. They obviously got it first because it's made in Japan, I suppose. But um. The HD remaster came out on the PlayStation 3 and the Vita, and it's yeah, actually it's actually like yeah. yeah, it's actually due to come out uh, for PlayStation 4 and uh, next year as well. Well, that'd be alright for people yeah. that haven't picked it up on the last gen again. Yeah, have you got a Vita? I've never played a Vita, and I've never played a PS4 yet. Ah, so it's obviously your HTD Masters and PlayStation 3. Out of the newer stuff, I've only played the Wii U. Right, got you. So, not having played the the game myself, eh, unfortunately, um, I'm not uh, I'm not really um, uh, big up on it, like as in the story behind it and stuff like that. But yeah. how long how long does it take to go through this? The story mode and that? Uh, let's see, about. If you go just directly through the game with training in a bit, mm. probably about 45 hours. If you try to do everything, probably 70 hours plus. That's that's definitely getting your money's worth, I would suggest. <laughs> that. That's, yeah. that's the thing about it. So a lot of games these days are really. Really quick, considering the, the money you pay. Yeah, the last long game I played was I think Nino Cooney, which was pretty much similar. Right. Is that a role playing game as well? Yeah. Yeah. That this is this has been I've something I've discussed uh, on many occasions, uh, and I need to get into role playing games a lot more. But um, just never had a chance. I've always more been looking at any like um, racing games and point and click adventures but yeah. I do I did get um, Oblivion for my Xbox 360 so when I've got some spare time I'll sit down and give that a go uh, I like Oblivion I beat that um, I really enjoyed it apart from when you're actually in the Oblivion gates but it's a really really good game it was 
one of my first games I bought for the 360 when I bought it in 2007, I'm sure. Right, cool. Cool, good stuff. Anything else you want to, you think we should, the people should know about Final Fantasy X? Um, Memories of it? It's got quite epic music in it. It was done by the main composer of the whole Final Fantasy series and he wanted to go outside the box and do metal instead of like classical piano and orchestra for this one. Excellent. <laughs> but he still kind of went back into that by the end. So there's a one track in it called Tizanikin, which is the name of a place in the game and right. probably one of the best ever uh, uh, tracks from like any game ever. It's really touching for like a instrumental type of tune. I might look that up on YouTube and give it a listen later on after the show. And then some of those uh, tracks are like heavy death metal type of things at the end, but it's kind of gripping as well. Yeah. And it's all done by the same composer. Uh, now if, I, if I was on the ball here, I would have the name of the, compo- name of the composer right here. Hand about. <laughs> there, is a mu- there is a music section on this. I think his name's Nabu Summit. Yeah. This would be right up um, Nettie's video game dude. Um, he knows a lot about the game music. He he probably would have known that. Like, I clicked my finger, but um, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, this was um, something at the sales for it. Um, 1.4 million copies sold in pre-orders uh, in Japan. In uh, October 2007, it was listed as the eighth best selling game for the PlayStation Two. That's pretty nice. pretty good. Yeah. And it sold six point six million copies as of January two thousand and four. So, Is obviously. that including the the H D versions? No, I think it's just the PlayStation Two version. That's still good though. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm assuming that that won't be a rare game to find, seeing as there's so many copies kicking about. Um Worth about ten pound tops. That's alright, isn't it? Yeah. PlayStation Two. Um, I might pick that up one day if I'm feeling uh, in the mood to get into role playing games at last. <laughs> yeah, it's a good starter JRPG. Like, it's not too crazy, but it does have its like crazy moments. But it's. Good if you've never played a GRPG. Yeah, I think we'll see how I go on with um, Oblivion first, and then if I feel as if I can get into the role-playing side of things, then I, I might start. Oblivion's kind of different from a yeah. GRPG. But the other type of things I've chose all pretty much are Oblivion. Yeah, I'm probably a bit... Probably a bit Ignorant and um, comparing Oblivion to Final Fantasy, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's, cool. but, uh, that's me, clueless when it comes to that genre. <laughs> I remember I was on um, I was on um, Chris Shanks podcast, um, Retro Rem- I was going to call it Retro Reminiscence. That's my uh, Retro Reminiscence, and uh, it was a role playing game special. And yeah. I was like, John Cornaby, I guess, and what that. 
really, I don't really know anything about role-playing games. <laughs> you should have picked me for the racing game special or something, but role-playing games, I was just like, yeah, I think um, I think yourself and uh, Tommy will just need to educate me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah. Most of them take up your life or they take over your money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, as I would imagine, it's the kind of game that would you would just end up getting lost in, wouldn't you? Really like. Yeah, the most uh, time-consuming JRPG that I've played ever is probably Dragon Quest Nine. I got it on the DS when it came out in within a week, I spent 123 hours because I'd week? go everywhere with the DS and I wouldn't be off it. I'd, if it was dying, I'd plug it in, <laughs> continue, go to bed, continue playing. And it went everywhere, so I would like continue just playing it. Yeah, that that's the danger of... Um Having games like that on um, handheld devices, it's, it's too, it's too handy just to carry them, carry them about everywhere with you. Yeah, it's what they've done lately with loads of the Dragon Quest games. They've put them on uh, Androids and Apple at the minute, so you can get most of them for like under ten pound now in like HD, and it's really it's good, but it's going to drain your battery like instantly. All right. I'm not a I'm not a great lover of playing games on like uh, on my tablet, for example. I mean, it depends what the game is, but I I just find it like for example, I got Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, but it looks brilliant on it, but it's just like really tricky controlling <laughs> yeah. the cars and stuff like that. Um, I I don't know. I think you can I think you can get little well certainly for the iPhone. I think you can get a little device where you can put the iPhone into it and it turns it into a game controller. Yeah, certain things like that and you can get what's it, a wireless controllers for them and all sorts. But still you gotta think of like your battery in it or yeah. if it's in the docking stations like how long you're gonna play with it like this. <laughs> totally. Uh, right, so we move on to move on to the next game. I think we're uh, up at number four now. Have we got a mask correct? <laughs> uh, next game is another kind of role playing type game, isn't it? It's uh, Di- Diablo Three. Yeah, it's uh, a loot, uh, loot type of game, like dungeon crawl. And I've only briefly played two, and I've never played one. But I got it for the PC and. It's the ga- It's the one game I can come back to every other month, and it can take over my life. And but you can play it for like half an hour, five minutes, ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing about taking games like this on a desert island. Um, you'll never be bored. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the ones I've chose. <laughs> ones that take at least about five hundred hours sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, good thinking. Logical. <laughs> yeah. um, this again is uh, Square Enix, um, I think. Uh, well, published by Square Enix and uh, developed by Blizzard Entertainment. I didn't know the Square Enix, but that's cool. Yeah. And um, 
it's actually only a couple of years old, so this is um this is a more modern game compared to your last choices. It came out in uh, May two thousand and two twelve, sorry. Um and it came out for the PC first, didn't it? Yeah, I've got it for PC. I've not played it on consoles yet. I have the expansion pack that I bought earlier this year and it it fixed the game's like uh shortcomings. Because it used to be different slash kinda harder. Right. Most most it wasn't even to do with like the gameplay itself, it was mostly to do with getting gear. Because you would play the game, get some it and try sell it on like this auction house and people would sell like all this uh, loot or or weapons and it would be for real money sometimes and it's just like you're not going to spend like £50 on something that's not real yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean so they got eventually and the game's got way better over time right I mean that's that's a good thing with these things they they put out patches to make it better yeah um, and it's got a few different modes in it. It's got uh, adventure mode, uh, rifts, hardcore mode, uh, artisans, and such like. So, what what is the kind of ultimate mode to play in? Do you think? Um, it starts off in normal, and then you gradually go through. And then once you've beaten the game properly, you can start your character on any mode. But right. But pretty much, uh, it just depends like on how powerful the enemies are. Like I play on, oh, what's it? The hardest mode slash two, but there's like five, like tiers of like hardness. Mm-hmm. And even my character can't go like the furthest one, even though I can do, I think about 10 million in damage within like 15 seconds, which is good, but not really good. But like when you start off the game, you don't do as much. But I've been playing the game since like 2011. Yeah. And I come back to it every three to four months, and I play for probably about three weeks. Alright, so you just you just kind of play it obsessively, then you don't play it for a while, then you go back to playing it obs- obsessively again. Yeah. It's not like playing World of Warcraft where you just come out of the game and you just never want to go back. <laughs> I've heard people say that right enough. Um, I mean, World of Warcraft, um, by all counts, takes all your life, doesn't it? Yeah, I've played that before. I played it... In 2010, for about five months, non-stop. But I enjoyed playing it, and then once I had like me run on it, I just didn't want to play it anymore. Yeah. Have you? It's quite social as well, is it? I mean, you, have you have you met anybody through playing it? Um, I played it with a mate, and I used to play it on my laptop, and I would just go around his and play it while he was on his PC. So. Instead of like talking through like a headset, you just talk in person, or you would just communicate through the computer. But um, no, nah, I never really talked to anyone else apart from people in like a group while you were playing. Yeah. I've never been the type of person to like add someone on like anything and be like friends. Yeah, after playing a game. 
even though I know yeah. stories of people who have like got like engaged in all sorts of World of Warcraft. Yes. Oh yes. A very old sister strength got married. He did. I know. I know a story personal man about. Even though he's, it's a pretty cool story, like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's, it's quite, um, quite unique, I suppose. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't, like, not sell the story, but have it featured in a, like a World of Warcraft website or something. You know. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> right. Um, what else can I say about this game? Uh, it also came out last year for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 and uh, back in August of this year it came out for PS4 and Xbox One yeah well, was that the ultimate edition it is the ultimate edition yeah yeah it's that, been a bit more arcadey in it yeah that, that's what um, it's a, a worrying trend I think in these new next gen consoles is a lot of the games that are coming out are all kind of um, ultimate editions of games that are already out, or, or like um, yeah. remastered versions of old games. It's like, why can't you just print out new games? <laughs> I think the only game I would pick up that's a remake on the newer gens probably Grand Theft Auto V. Just to yeah. play the first person mode because we really enjoy playing Five still a year on because we bought it like on day release. Still, like time, time we go and play GTA Online or go through the game over and over again. Yeah, I've I've got it. Uh, I got um, Grand Theft Auto Five for PS4 when it came out uh, on release, and yeah, it's it's. I'm trying to get used. I'm trying to get used to doing the first person mode. Um, I think I, I like the driving. I think the driving's good in first person, but the combat. It's probably just me being a crap games player, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of when it comes to Grand Theft Auto, I'm a bit old school. I like, you know what I'm used to. Yeah. I guess with a bit of practice, I could get used to it. But it's good, definitely good. I think I'll see eventually when we ever get it. <laughs> but imagine we'll like it because it will feel feel like a different game. Yeah, definitely, and there's there's a lot more. There's a lot of kind of subtle differences, like for example, even just like was because it's got better graphic capabilities. There's just more traffic on the road and things like that. Yeah. Uh, more kind of wildlife. Like I noticed when I was playing, you know, the opening scene where um, Franklin and Lamar uh, get two cars at the start. When you're walking oh, down yeah. the, towards the, the cars, you see a little cat, cat walking past them. You know, things like that. Yeah. And, and the biggest surprise to me was um, I, I was playing it and, uh, you know, when you have a phone conversation with one of the characters in the game, the phone, the other end of the, the conversation goes out of your controller. Yeah. And, uh, like, when you're getting chased by the police, your controller goes all red and blue lights at the back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty mental. I think it's one of those things that will be an over though, and I'll end up switching it off. Well, when it came out on just the... The last gen, most people were loving the camera phone anyway, and you were, t- and some people were taking very artistic, proper photography type of photos within the game. Yeah, I'm sure. At the time, someone made like a full-on exhibit, didn't they? Oh, that must. 
I'm sure the changes at the minute would be pretty good, especially um, you can get like wallpapers on your phone and all that, which is really surreal within like even playing it again probably. Yes, totally. I I just like taking pictures of um, funny things that I see in games, you know, and and graphics top five. I like like for example, if I see some kind of funny poster or something in the background, I'll I'll take a selfie with the character with a poster behind him. Yeah, I think one of the funniest selfies I did was um, I think I was on top of a bus and I was I think Trevor and if you do the selfie, I'm sure your other arm starts like waving in the background and it comes like proper limb <laughs> and like glitchy and I took a foot loads of photos of that. God, I never even noticed that. It was like something I did at that time and it was good. <laughs> Yeah, I took one. I found a sign somewhere in the game, and it says uh, it said erection imminent. <laughs> so I took a picture of that. Yeah, there's loads of funny things in the game. Little, uh, little Easter eggs. Anyway, we've we've ended up talking about Grand Theft Auto Five. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not you on your list. Um, so a bit it would have been, but <laughs> yeah. not enough choices. <laughs> of course, yeah. I know it's the, the reason it's only eight choices is because I'm blatantly ripping off the Desert Island discs and that's they get to pick eight discs. So. Oh, that's all right. I've, I've <laughs> chose my personal favourite bl- uh, Rockstar game anyway within the list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, actually, that's, um, well, that's a couple of... There's a... Uh, Oh, wait a minute. I think you've put number four twice. One, Ocarina of Time, two, Tekken, three, three, Final Fantasy X, four, Diablo, three, and then four again. I think it's because um, I put loads of numbers for, like, the, the games yeah. themselves. Like, the third iteration of, like, that type of thing. One, two, three. Oh, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Does that? Do you know there's actually nine on this list? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cool. We'll, uh, we'll pretend we didn't notice. So you have two number fours. <laughs> um, the the Rockstar game we're talking about has come up in the number six choice, but your second number four choice is uh, Wind Waker. Yeah. Uh, which is is it SNES? Wind Waker came out on the Cube and recently on the Wii U. Uh, Wind Waker, so it's um. Uh, Wind Waker is personally my favourite, even though Ocarina is probably one of the best games of all time. Um, it comes down to the same as most of the other games in this list. The Adventure and travel and finding secrets and just atmosphere and just going on an adventure like sailing or even if you would watch a movie like kind of like Goonies. Yeah. Is this like the secret world within like in front of you? Anytime you play like a Legend of Zelda game, especially that one, everything's like hidden underneath an island or up high or 
all the, the NPCs that you meet, they all have unique, like, everything. And it's one of my personal favourite games of all time, and I even have, like, a Wind Waker tattoo on it. Oh, how are you? Is that, is that what's on your arm there? Uh, this one's in the middle of my leg. Oh, yeah. Don't I've got another <laughs> Legend of Zelda one on the arm, though, yeah. yeah. Um, I've, got quite, I've got quite a lot of gaming tattoos. Yes, is, are all your tattoos gaming-related? Um, not really. Um, I went for Japanese-slash-gaming or anime on one arm in full gaming on the other side, what's colour. And it's just like a working project that I've been doing for like seven years. Right. Yeah, I've not yet got any tattoos myself, but I've been wanting to get one for ages, but I just don't really know what I want to get. Yeah, I waited until I was like, I think, I think 18 and a half. And I kind of regret my first tattoo, but I don't at the same time. Um, <laughs> I've got plenty on it, and I haven't had one like a year and a bit, but I think the next one is I'm going to continue with the Legend of Zelda one on my arm or get a Majora's Mask started. Yeah. Uh, are you going to get that on your, on your right arm? Yeah, I think everything's going on the, the left arm for the minute because that's the colourful arm. Right. Are you able to see through the cam, by the way? I can see, yes, yes. Okay, I'll show you some of the tattoos then. The, um, the, just before we start, the, the people listening on iTunes won't be, able to, won't be able to see this, but if you watch it on the YouTube version, you'll see it. Anyway, carry on. Okay. Um, shall I show you the gaming-related ones? Yeah. Okay. Um, the right arm, if you look, yeah, there's a, a Pokemon called Umbreon. Oh, yeah. That's one of my personal favourites. Um, I don't think there's many much gaming on that arm. So, and the other one, there's, I've got a Legend of Zelda one started. It's yeah. Twilight Link and Link to the Past Zelda. <laughs> and then, on my legs, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've got the King of Red Dragons from Wind Waker. In like I say, it's one of them things where I feel like I'm going on an I go on an adventure. <laughs> and then I think it's the last game and one I got. If you can, yeah, can see. it's from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Excellent. They're very, very nicely done. Uh, I, I love gaming. It's like some crazy obsession. <laughs> That's commitment for you, isn't it? Getting tattoos. That shows you how much you must love a game if you get a tattoo of it. Yeah. I think I think if I was going to get a, a tattoo of something gaming related, I would get something from Mon- Monkey Island, which is my favourite game of all time. Oh yeah. One of them anyway. Um. I might, I could maybe, yeah, I could maybe get a little Monkey Island montage, couldn't I? Like, just get it done over time. What's the name of the main pirate? 
Guybrush Fleetwood, Mighty Pirate. Oh, the 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 guy with like. The oh, thing. sorry, yeah, the the, uh, the uh, Luchuk. Imagine that being pretty cool tattoo. It would. I suppose there's a few different uh, versions. There's the one. I think it's the. I think it's the third game where his where his beard's made out of fire. That yeah. Um, and then the second one is kind of. I think he's he's green, you know, because he's a ghost, so he's kind of funny colour. Yeah. Um, and the first one, the first one's probably a bit more basic because it's kind of, you know, 1989 or something that came out, so the graphics aren't the best, but. Um, yeah, Dennis, you've given me an idea. I could get Lechuk and Guybrush Fruitwood. Yeah, just find some decent design and then I'm sure like a decent tarot artist can think of something pretty meant to go with it. Yeah, my my cousin's a, a tattoo artist, but my cousin's got his own shop. Oh, that's alright. Yeah, so I might even be able to get a discount. You never know. A bit cheeky to ask for a discount. Hi cousin, I've not seen you for ten years. Um, can you give me a cheap tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always thought I would get um, music-related tattoos. Um, I was going to get ACDC. Um, oh, I, like, I love ACDC, but yeah. Yeah, but this is just a classic example of me caring too much what people think. A couple of my friends said, "Oh, don't get an ACDC tattoo. That would be tacky." Not really. It depends what you get. Just get the letters in black or or red. Yeah, just get the letters. I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about getting Angus tattooed on me or anything. <laughs> just the, the the logo. I've got a friend that's got the the, the letters in the the logo on his left arm. Yeah, I think I could get. I suppose I could get my. I suppose I could. I could start at the. Top of my arm and uh, a couple of band logos, and then I could have. Yeah, I've got a few band logos. <laughs> I could have um, Guy vs. Fleetwood and Lechuk uh, further down the arm. Yeah. Um, I can't get anything down my left arm because um, I broke it last year and I had to get it opened up, so I've got a big scar down the left arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't get anything there. Anyway, um, this is welcome to Desert Island Tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> what eight tattoos would you get on a Desert Island? Say that again. What eight tattoos would you get on a Desert Island? <laughs> what eight tattoos? Um, <laughs> That's I'd a whole different <laughs> <laughs> I'd get me partner's dad to swim the island with his tattoo equipment and just do the rest of like. The tattoos on us. That's that's who does my tattoos. Yeah. Okay. Um. We'll move on to number five on no the list. Um. Two number fours there. Uh. Number five. Ah. Finally. Finally. This should come up because this is the sequel, isn't it, to the the one I was talking about earlier on? Um. Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The same as usual, but the difference is. You get to climb big ass mountains. <laughs> yeah, you feel like you're the strongest person in the world, which you are. Um, I've got a gameplay on my channel from like a year and a bit ago of like my main character in 
he gets like attacked by a dragon and I take it out in like two hits. And I used to get some of the funniest comments for that going, God, that was like nothing. And it's one of them games I, when I got, I spent months on it as well. But it was because I played Oblivion. Because yeah. I liked that as well. I think um, Skyrim is definitely one I've always fancied. Uh, Oblivion's kind of more beautiful game. It's got loads of colour in Skyrim's all like uh, like snow and all like dreary type of weather. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I must I must look up that video you're talking about and then. Um, Give that a watch. Is yeah. it is it quite old? Quite an old video, or is it more recent? Um, I think it's been up about a year and a half. All right, I need to go and search for that one then. Um, I know that um, Harry Ack has been doing uh, Skyrim Sundays, um, and I'm I've watched the first episode of that. And I'm just a bit behind on my videos, so I need to watch the rest of that as well. Harry yeah. Ack's Skyrim Sunday. Yeah, it's a pretty cool game. Like, um, I just made my guy really indestructible. I think the level I, I played him at was the 83, even though I beat the game like on like 27 or something. <laughs> the storyline in the game was okay, and the main missions were okay at best, but just going and doing what you want. Is it going on adventures? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's obviously sandbox and it's the world is literally your, your oysters, isn't it, in, in this game? It's the most common theme of like all the things I've picked and it's what I go for. Like, yeah. If I know a, a game has an open world and it's worth exploring, I'll, I'll take my time to play that type of thing. Yeah. I like games like that, um, more so your next choice, which we'll get onto in, in a minute. But um, yeah, I like, I definitely, I definitely like open games like the sandbox games, the uh, big open worlds that you can explore. And that's why, even though I'm not a big role playing game fan or anything like that, I've, Skyrim's always appealed to me. It's always, I've always fancied getting it. But I've got Oblivion, so as I said earlier on, so that'll be, that'll start yeah. me off. If you enjoy Oblivion, you'll love. Uh, Skyrim. I wanna. I've got uh, oh, what's it? Daggerfall, the the one the previous. Mm-hmm. No, no, I've got Daggerfall. I've got Morrowind. I've got the previous one. Oh yeah. Uh, I still haven't really played it, but I've always wanted to go back to that. But I think it, the graphics are quite dated. Unless you get like it on a PC, then it's like modded. Like, like a mod came out for Skyrim, I think, yesterday, mm-hmm. and some of the best things you've ever seen. Like, someone made, like, the own expansion back for, like, the PC, I'm sure. Brilliant. Yeah, some great, great talented models out there. Yeah, like, some of the things some people can do that make games even better, or yeah. some of the wackiest things. It's like, how do you do that? Like, I've... I think I've got a modded version of 
The Sims 4, which I use to do my thumbnails. Alright. But the game's really that, it's really bad <laughs> compared to like the previous Sims game. But using character models in the game is good for what I use. Oh yeah, because Sims 4 is just uh, new, brand new, is it? Well, was that not this year? Sims 4? Yeah, it came out in September and the mechanics of it's good, but the the quantity that's in it's not there. It's not even good compared to the last Sims 3 like uh, base like pack, to be honest. Yeah. I think yeah. eventually when a few packs come out, it'll be worth playing. But it was we got it at full price. I'm sure and it was bored. We were bored within a week. And mm. the joke is we've been playing Sims 3 for like four years now or something. Yeah. But I use the Sims 4 character creator to make like thumbnails or things that I fancy, and then I just screenshot them and then put them in Photoshop. Uh, yes, <laughs> is that the avatar you're using on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. Like I got a modded uh, Metallica T-shirt, as you can see. <laughs> Excellent. Hmm. Uh, Metallica, love Metallica. Yeah, same. Went to see them on concert in 2009, Sheffield. I've still not seen them live. I tried seeing them in 2009. I think, but they sold out because I bought a ticket for, uh, what was it, Slipknot then. Uh, and like a week later, like the Metallica tickets went on sale and I didn't have like another £50 at the time. Oh, that sucks. It's always way you wait ages for a good concert and all of a sudden you get two at once. <laughs> but yeah. in Scotland, in Glasgow, you get more gigs than us in Newcastle, so... Yeah, I suppose we have, yeah. I was at one last week. I went to see Slash last week. Oh, that's alright. Yeah, for Guns, Guns N' Roses. He'd done, done, uh, done a lot of Guns N' Roses. Uh, so I've seen the bad rehash of Guns N' Roses in 2006. Oh, yeah, the, the actual, yeah, the actual yeah. band, yeah. I could, it, was I could quite, it was quite a farce when I seen it. They were outstaged by Bullet for My Valentine. Which is a band I like, but it got ridiculous. And Axel Rose ended up getting a bottle of brown ale thrown at his face. <laughs> Only in Newcastle. <laughs> he he came on two hours late, and he kept on just pretty much taking the piss. The only good song that Guns N' Roses kind of did that night was "You Could Be Mine" out of all their playlist. Yeah. Oh, Slash did that last week. I, I was mm-hmm. kind of not expecting it. And it came on and said, like, oh, that's you could be mine. Awesome. Ah, it's a really good tune, that. Yeah, obviously from Terminator 2. And I use as the, what's it, the hummingbird, the cherry hummingbird for that video. It's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I consider going to see Slash last week is probably the closest I'll, I'll ever get to actually seeing Guns N' Roses in concert. Yeah. I mean, the guy they've got, Miles Kennedy, is really good as well. And he actually, it kind of sounds like Axl Rose a little bit, so <laughs> that, that helps. I, I'm not a big fan of his style of singing. Mm-hmm. 
But I do respect them and his own way of singing, but I, I don't like his singing. Oh, well, I mean, I, I kind of like it, but I, I liked him. Uh, well, the first time I heard him was he'd done one of the WWE entrance films, like for one of the WWE superstars. Did uh, he? Uh, for Edge. I don't know if he's into wrestling or not, but. Uh, I remember Edge's one just being uh, Rob Zombie and back in the day. Uh, yeah, but it's, I think more recently it changed, well, four or five <laughs> years ago it changed to um, Alter Bridge. Oh, I like the little bit of Alter Bridge, yeah. mostly for the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, um, trying to think. Um, yeah, I went to Metallica uh, in Sheffield because the Glasgow one had sold out, so yeah. which went to the kind of closest one where we, where we still could, could get tickets. Yeah, we're going to see um, Slipknot next month. Oh, brilliant! That should be pretty good. I seen them once. It wasn't it wasn't a dedicated Slipknot concert. It was a um, a friend called Gig on the Green, which is like it's kind of like a team the park, but for rock music uh, up in Glasgow Green. Oh, that's cool. And uh, they were playing uh, that year, and who else was playing? Was a, that was a that wasn't the best lineup. I think the Prodigy were headlining it. Oh, I like some Prodigy. Yeah, no, that was good. But the the headline night the other night, the next night was the Strokes, who I don't mind, but they're pretty dull to watch live. Yeah, I imagine. I think they're mostly a what's it a studio type of band. Like you'd imagine them being good live, and then when they're not, they're just a studio type of band. Yeah, got some awesome songs right enough, especially for the um, is it this is it album. Uh, I've, I like Juice Box, but this is it's better altogether. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> digression onto digression onto our topics. <laughs> I love music. I'm a diverse type of person, man. Yeah. Well, I spent a lot of time in Newcastle actually back in the day. Um, I used to, oh, I still got family down there, but I used to have like friends down there as well. So many a year I was spent down in Newcastle. I spent one new year, new year down in Newcastle. Um, oh, that's Seeing the bells at a club in a club. Uh, but my brother lives, he still lives down there, and uh, but it's Gateshead, it wasn't Gateshead area. Yeah. Are you in the kind of just mean Newcastle, or are you in a little? I, I live in Northumberland, but right. I know Newcastle like the back of my hand. Yeah. Love Newcastle. Love it. Yeah. Anyway, we're, not, we're just about to move on to what I would describe as quite possibly my favourite game of all time, and I'm so happy you picked it, because you're the first person to pick it, actually, on this. Uh, and it's a Rockstar game, and it's called Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto with horses, basically. I thought it was more than that. I thought it was... <laughs> I, know. I thought initially it was going to be that, which is why most people bought it. And then it was one of the most gripping games I've ever played, especially for near, the near end, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, without, without spoiling the end of it. And it's, um, it's one of the best endings 
two games I've ever seen. I, I didn't see it coming, especially when it happened. I thought I did something wrong. Uh, I was shaking. And I, I think I spent about three days playing it. Yeah. Because when I get like a, a Grand Theft Auto game or something, I do every side mission while doing the main mission. Me too. Me too. And I'll normally try like do my hundred percent, get the the most out of a game. And I thought John Marston was one of the best characters mm-hmm. and one of the best worlds to go in. I liked everything about it. I liked it's this one mission when you go from Blackwater to the side, like the edge of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it's like this one, like a uh, soft soundtrack plays when you have to go from, I'm, I'm sure, like uh, late night to the morning, you have to get there in the time. And this, like, one soundtrack just plays, and I thought it was amazing. Uh-huh. Do I, I've, I've only played, I've played for it, I mean, for it, it must have been for. So I'm starting with words, but yeah, it's just love this game. Um, it was about four years ago when I first got it, so uh, I must have spent the best part of a year playing this game and nothing but this game. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of time. Um, but I've recently sold it for the Xbox 360, which I had it for, and I've rebought it for the PlayStation 3 because I'm, I'm starting to phase out my Xbox. Yeah, to PS3. So that which is good because it means I can go through and play. Play through it again. It's, I've played it twice, and I've still never played the DLC. Oh, I but I, I used to play the online of it as well. But the yeah, the story itself I really liked. Yeah, I thought more could have happened when it came to Dutch, to be honest. But I liked the whole build up towards them. Yeah, it seemed to kind of they dragged that out pretty well actually the build yeah. up to, to meet him and then the, the, the mission itself when you, you're facing off against Dutch is uh, pretty epic that took, yeah. me a few, that took me a few goals I believe <laughs> to complete that mission I think the initial game itself is pretty much up there with the rest of the lineup that I've chose tonight especially with uh, Ocarina of Time Yeah, I think I don't know how high most people put it in like a hundred greatest games of all time, but I think eventually it will be in at least the top fifteen. Oh, it's I'm sitting here thinking, is it my favourite game of all time? It quite possibly could be, but but then I start thinking about all the other games <laughs> um that I love, but it's definitely it's definitely one of them without any shadow of a doubt. It's even it's even up there with Grand Theft Auto Five, which is one of my favourite games. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, as like unlike yourself, I did play the the, um, the DLC as well, which I thought was so good. I mean, if you've not played it, you really should. I love the story. Because they, they they brought that out at a good time really when when the world was going mad for like zombies. Yeah, plus they waited like a few good months after the game wasn't like a week later. Yeah, the story the story 
in some sense doesn't make sense to start because I'm trying not to I'm trying not to spoil anything for people who've not played it's it. It's meant to be a what if story, isn't it? Pardon? It's a what if story, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's a what if story or a or potentially uh, an alternative timeline, you could say. Yeah. Without giving away what happened at the end of the first game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, online. I'm not a massive online player by any means, but I sunk a lot of time online in this one as well. Yeah, I enjoyed the online of Red Dead Redemption as well. I enjoyed upgrading the, the, from a donkey to all sorts, but <laughs> I think I enjoyed uh, doing missions together or doing team deathmatch, especially when you start off and you do the whole standoff type of thing and like even before that in the lobby when you start punching each other you don't even get that in Grand Theft Auto Online. Yeah, it's quite funny when that, when that happens. Um, even when you're, it doesn't, you can't die or anything, can you? You just, you just punch each other and you fall down. And yeah, you like, just a laugh though, isn't it? Like everyone's like... Yeah. <laughs> but um, Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption, I enjoyed most of the characters in the game felt once you've played like all the Grand Theft Autos up to that point before five, yeah. I thought it was probably the, the pinnacle of like Rockstar, even yeah, not like in performance, but in narrative. Mm-hmm. Like ah, uh, I've not been a, like a big Western type of person. Same here. But it gripped this. That's what put me. That's what put me off playing. John Marston and yeah, you still don't like get the ending, but you feel it, and you and you get the idea of the name of the game by then. Yeah, I, I remember sitting playing it, and and it it was getting to the ending, and my wife would turn around and she'd say. What movie is that you're watching? It's not a movie, it's a game. It's like, really? It's just like, the dialogue, you know, and the, the cutscenes is just really well done. Yeah. Voice acting is incredible. Um, but I remember getting to the ending and I was going, I was like, just totally getting hyper and going, what, 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 what's happening here? Calf, calf, look. Like my wife's like that. What, what is it? What? She says, you're right. I'm like, what's that? that what just happened? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like when something really happens, your heart stops. Yeah. Uh, uh, that happened to me. <laughs> Good, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's because you have spent so much time. Yeah. It does mean a lot. I think. Rockstar know exactly what they're doing when it comes to like anything at the minute, and they, even though they're always on the end of controversy, or technically they don't have to be. People just go out of the way to make it is like oh at the minute with like Australia, but when you get down to the games and the stories of the games, the the epic, the but on the opposite end of like the spectrum from like a Nintendo game. Yeah, it was smaller. Which I loved as well. Yeah. Um yeah. I was gonna say, um 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really go and try and 100% games or anything. Once I've completed the game, I've completed it. But this is one of the games that, when, when, whenever it was over, I still was going about trying to like find all the different materials to to make the like the clothes and all that, and then yeah. getting all the trying to hunt down all the kind of rare animals like. My favourite uh, suit was um, my favourite costume was the poker suit. I just like them looking posh. Oh, the poker suit, which was I think was that only if you got the. Oh, was that displayed by registering for for um. What's it called? What's it called? I can't remember how. Registering for the social club or something you get that, don't you? I think you do, but it was just fun that you could cheat all the time with your cards up your like sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> that was one. Um, if I don't know if you said you haven't played the the DLC, but I don't know if you own it or not. But nah, um, I don't. you won't have you won't have, you won't have experienced this then. But one of the one of my favourite modes on online was actually playing poker and uh, yeah. lying dice against other people online. But that was part of the DLC. Yeah, I could play uh, it against the game, and I never won the dice one ever, or even horseshoes. Oh no, there's just so many mini games. The only one, the only kind of mini game in that I didn't like was the one with the five finger, whatever it's called, you know, with the knife. Yeah. I didn't like that yeah. one. Because <laughs> I was crap at it, but <laughs> I liked all the other games. Mm. But yeah, Red Dead Redemption's. I think it's gonna be down there as one of the greatest games of all time. Absolutely, I concur. In <laughs> in any way you can describe it. Yeah. If obviously you're not into that type of game, I don't think you're not gonna like it. But it's not. It's it's not the game's fault. It's just the way you like games, to be honest. Yeah. I. Yeah, can't can't recommend it highly enough, um, especially as well the, the Undead Nightmare part of it, which I think's amazing. But anyway, I could probably talk about this game all night, so I better move on yeah. to the next game. <laughs> I always find I always find that when I'm doing these shows that um, people will pick a lot of games that I've not really played myself, and then there's just one game, and I just I want to talk about this game all night. Yeah, so that's that's your one, for Dead Redemption. Right. Your next one is this is your second last one. Fallout Three. Yes. Um, it is a game. It is one of the games I would describe as where you're lonely. You are this one person in this big old open world, and you feel alone and. Compared to like Oblivion and Skyrim, you don't feel alone, even though you obviously are. But <laughs> when you're in Fallout, you can be underneath in like a subway deep down, and you're just in the middle of nowhere. Everything's bleak. You just feel isolated, and it's one of them unique experiences where. I'm doing everything that I'm doing in all the other games that I've mentioned, but you feel this literally like you're on an island by yourself, even though 
you're contacting people, you're talking, you're killing. Anybody you ever meet, you can kill. The style of the game itself, the, the whole 50s vibe. Oh, it's, it's just one of them games I just love. I wasn't a big fan of uh, New Vegas, though. That was weird. But um, Fallout 3 is one of them games I could play for weeks and just be immersed in it. Mm-hmm. You, if, if you think you feel alone in that game, you'll feel even more alone, more alone on this desert island playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy. <laughs> I, I I don't think I would phase it if I just if I just sat there with a TV and a 360 controller just playing Fallout 3. Yeah, it's a very unique type of style. Very dark, especially one part in the game that comes out of nowhere, but it's like part of the main story, and it's even, and it faced it to the next next day. That I had to go talk about it with, like with a mate who was playing it at the similar time. Yeah. Like yeah, uh, when you have to go in like a different vault, and then you got to go in this capsule, and you get put in like this alternative. A reality type of situation where you play as you, but you're talking to this like German guy that's in like a young girl's body and he's getting you to kill everyone in this world that he's made up. And it's like, who, who brought this bit? But it was like, I can't stay away from this bit. It's like, a, it's it stays with you. Mm-hmm. But it's wacky, but it's dark. Um, but that's just like a tiniest part of the game. But that bit of the story goes on for like a few hours. Mm-hmm. But you could initially never do the story and you just go everywhere. It's got qu- quite a lot of humour in it. and it's Cool. I like a bit of humour in games. Yeah, same. But Fallout 3... It's a unique title. I know a lot of people are looking forward to even the idea of the fourth one getting mentioned. But I think the hype train might not deliver. But fingers crossed. Um, you never know. would be nice. And this was this not but is I might be totally off the mark here, but is this not the same people that done Skyrim? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty much the the skeletons like the same but the exterior's different and obviously like tons of different work. Yeah. It only ever came out for um Windows, Playstation three and Xbox three sixty. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not been remastered for the next gen yet. That'll be the next thing. Nah the I think they're keeping it secret number four. Yeah. But it, imagine if the if they're spending a lot of years on it, it'll be a really decent game because it'll be massive. Plus the detail, plus they got to think of the mod community that'll make it even look better, like Skyrim and stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so this came out in 2008, and uh, unusually it came out in uh, North America, Europe before Japan, who usually get games first, so that's good. Um, Japan are not really big on Western uh, RPGs. Fair dues. That's why they got it last. <laughs> Never understand. Right, let's have a look. Let's see if we can find any trivia on this. Okay. Metacritic average scores um, vary depending on the system. 93 out of 100 on the 360, 91 out of 100 for the PC, and 90 out of 100 for the PS3. Strange. Was it the PC you had it for? I had it for the 360. I had it for the 360, right. And what do you think of the music in this one? There was it. Oh, the music is yeah. a, a huge factor of it. You yeah. keep listening to old school 50 classics and the echo of it sometimes off like a radio that's down yeah. like somewhere dark gives off that creepy vibe sometimes. Or mm. you just start singing along the... Ain't that a kick in the head all the time and that? <laughs> it's one of the best soundtracks because it's got so many iconic 50s type of songs in it. Plus, it's got like a radio station in the game that, that pretty much talks about stuff that you're doing. Plus, you go c- contact the people that do it. Mm-hmm. There's so much things within these worlds that people make and it's amazing. Funnily, I should mention um, Japan there, and Japan got it last, obviously, because, as you rightly said, um, they don't like the Western um, RPGs as much. But funny you should mention Japan. It says here that, um, how do you pronounce that? Beefs da Softworks. Uh, they changed the side quest, The Power of Atom, in the Japanese version of Fallout 3 to relive, uh, sorry, to relieve concerns about depictions of atomic detonation in inhabited areas. Yeah. So it's a bit sensitive towards Japan you know, because of the nuclear attacks in Hiroshima and all that. Yeah. All oh, there's loads of like, like one of the weapons you use is called, uh, what's it, the baby nuke type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and it's got like a, a bell that dings when it shoots off and that's <laughs> meant to be like what happened with the bomb type of thing in them days. But I think that was mentioned on uh, Dino Gaming. Right. Cool. Um, anything else you want to say about Fallout 3 before we move on? Uh, what else can be said? Uh, there's loads of unique type of people in the game. Mm. Like there's this one crazy bit at the far, I think, right hand. Um. Uh, the top right east bit where it's called the Republic of Dave or something and <laughs> it's uh, this crazy like incest type of like little United Nations of just a house where it's just a guy and like loads of daughters and wives and it's called the Republic of Dave and it's like what the hell is this and then you just like kill him <laughs> 
Republic of Dave. Ah, uh, it's called Republic of Dave. It's always a Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just like another one of the tiny parts of that game. Yeah. Okay, so we're on to your last game, and but what a way to end. This is an all-time retro classic you're ending this with, and it's um, Super Mario on the NES. Yeah. Desert Island Games is not complete with a bit of Super Mario. <laughs> it was the first ever game I completed at the age of three. Three? Jeez. Yeah, I was quite a prodigy when I started gaming. Uh, at the age of three, I was able to beat uh, Super Mario. The first two Mega Mans, I beat... Uh, the first two Sonics on the Master System and a handful of other stuff. But I used to be able to pick up games so easy. Do you actually have memories of being a three-year-old friend? Yeah, I, I, I do, really, because it came to, when I started collecting retro stuff, that's where the fire came from of collecting, like, most of my earliest memories are of gaming, and I would watch like my older sisters play these things, not get far, and I would like somehow pick it up, and you just obviously learn by playing it for weeks. Yeah. And you know what kids are like? They'll watch like anything, or mm. and that's what I kind of did at that age. You you did without. Obviously, being phased, or you don't need to read this to do that. But obviously, on the NES, some games no one ever be- like was was able to beat them because they didn't know what the hell to do. That's that's quite amazing. That I don't think I remember being three year old. Three year old, and I mean, completing the games. <laughs> I think, um, bear in mind when I was three three year old, though. Um, it was 1979, so <laughs> like it would have been Space Invaders. I would I would have been about 93 when I was playing them. Because yeah. me older sisters had the NES, and I was like obviously playing them games at the time. And then I got given a Master System at the age of three, and it was my first console and. I must have liked stuff on the Master System more because the next console up when I was like five was the Mega Drive, even though it was out a few years. And then I got given the Sega CD. Also, the Sega CD, you never had one. And I didn't know how obscure it was at the time to have something like that. And yeah. I only found out about the Sega CD properly, I think, about... About five years ago, when I watched it with the NES, uh Angry Video Game Nerds, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I had one of those, and I could name off loads of games that I had, like Prince of Persia, Batman, Spider-Man, uh, Road Avenger, uh, and just loads of r- random stuff. Because yeah. I think my parents just picked stuff up randomly for us, and I used to enjoy them. Like obviously the odd game I'd complete at the time, but 
I had this like objective as a young boy to like if I can beat this I will beat this. And that fire always started. Like I said before with Tekken Free, I didn't have a memory card so I would just keep on beating it. Yeah. And it didn't phase it. <laughs> Mental. I don't think I completed my first game until I was about eleven. <laughs> Uh, I think completing games these days is far and few between with me. Uh, if I get a game, I will complete it, but I'll be playing it for weeks <laughs> after I've beat it. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's a bit like that. She's not really a big gamer, but she's got a she's got a 3DS, and she'll get a game, and then she'll just sit and play it, and then like, within a couple of days she's completed it. But it takes me. It takes me weeks and weeks. The, the quickest I ever complete the game was Grand Theft Auto Five, and that was only because I was off. That's the time last year when I was off with a broken arm. But I still, um, ma- I somehow managed to because I was off work. So, I, but I somehow managed to prop my arm up on a pillow and still managed to play games. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't easy though. Uh, it, it took me about I think a week and a bit to be Grand Theft Auto Five because I was doing. Every single mission at the time in the game, while I went and got the, and I, uh, I beat the game and I did every mission I could, and then a week later I got the the guidebook. Oh yeah. I was doing all the collectibles and stuff yeah. because I was like, I'm not using anything until I beat the game, and then. Yeah. But I didn't go back and try to get all like the golds or anything. I'm not faced with like uh, Microsoft points or trophies. I'd rather make my own goals in the game. Yeah, totally. I can see what you mean. I just like them for the for the sake of collecting things, really. But yeah, yeah I think I'm up to about eighty-five percent on the PlayStation Three version. But mm-hmm. I'm probably never going to complete that hundred percent because I'm now on the PS4 version. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm getting a as well. I I don't. Technically, class that is cheating because although it tells you the best way to do things, you still actually have to do it. <laughs> so yes, yeah. you know, that's my excuse. <laughs> yeah, I think, and like one of my early memories with Super Mario Bros. is, I it was like one of them games where I could be a multiple ways by going through the warp zones or just going directly through the game. But it, the last time I played it, I think, was about two years ago. And I would get canny for but I was... You'd just be like, I don't remember being better at this. Maybe, maybe uh, I've often wondered, is, you know, if, as you get older, do you get worse at games? <laughs> uh, some games I've got better at, some games you need to work, I think, as kind of like anything. Like most people, if you were ever good at Tetris, you'll always be good at Tetris type of thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Or even like Street Fighter or something. I don't really, I don't really have a like kind of mind for playing Tetris kind of games. My brain doesn't, my brain doesn't really, um, what's the word? Well, work basically, but it doesn't. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get my head around 
like especially when it starts moving fast and like and you're under pressure to change the direction of the little blocks and it's like what's the best way what's the best place to put that and I, I can't think like four steps ahead like a lot of people probably can, can do I can't do it, stuff like that so yeah <laughs> I'm a type of person that lives in the moment of like a certain second yeah okay so Super Mario absolute classic game Um, I think that's a wonderful story that you had you completed it at three year old that's quite something yeah Um. But we should move on. Uh, that is the games complete. Eight brilliant choices. Thank you very much. You've definitely picked games that are going to um, going to help you pass the time. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, the woodland. Yeah. <laughs> um, technically, it was nine games, but we'll we'll let that one slide. <laughs> okay. It's really just a bit of fun, isn't it? Um, but the next part is you get to pick uh, one book and one luxury item so we'll do the book first and uh, this is quite an interesting choice you want to tell the in fact I should be doing this I should be t- saying to people what game did you pick and I forgot to do that so what book did you pick I picked the Where's Wally book <laughs> Where's Wally why why Where's Wally because any other book I would fall asleep reading <laughs> alright <laughs> I get bored easily with like any book apart from like I think maybe like uh, anime comics when I used to read some of that but I'm sure I, I could spend a lot of time just playing Where's Wally and looking after all the stuff and the books. <laughs> Wally and his little red, white hat and scarf set. <laughs> Do I don't think it's where those the person I am. I just yeah. I can read like newspapers and articles all day long, but when it gets to like a book itself, I just I just phase out. I have to take an ocean for it. I have to. Sometimes I pick up a book, or more accurately, load one up on my iPad, uh, and I'll get really in, into it, and I won't be able to put it down. And then other times I'll, I'll, I'll go two years without reading a book. You know, I just can't yeah. be bothered. <laughs> I'm not really a massive book reader, but I like some books. Yeah, I've got a handful of books, but mostly the. Like, is this like an like a book I would like to read. <laughs> like this is the only type of book I would even like couldn't yeah. Sell them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I got this for like a birthday present. Yes, is that a strategy guide or is it just like a Zelda book? Oh, this is Hyrule Historia. I've got two versions of this. I've got this one and I've got the uh, previous version that most people have never seen. Which is like in Japanese. <laughs> For the benefit of those listening on the podcast and iTunes, um, Kevin just held up a really awesome looking uh, Zelda book which looks immaculate. <laughs> Yeah, is that is that like a comic book or is that a story? Like it's got uh, four different sections. It's got one section that's about a uh, sky uh, skyward sword. Mm-hmm. Um, another bit talking about like every single thing from all the games upwards, apart from 
the CDI ones and just spin-off stuff, really. Um, then at the end, there's a, like a comic. Cool. I've I've not really been a massive comic fan, but I've started reading the The Walking Dead comics because I'm just into The Walking Dead. So anyway, I'm starting to collect comics soon. I'm I'm gonna try to start with uh, the new Fifty Two of DC. Right. Because I I've heard all the like in like entwine with the whole story of like a brand new thing. Yeah. I've got a mate that's heavy into comics he's, he's telling me like um, whenever it's Christmas and birthdays he just says um, just give me money I'm just going to spend a whole lot of money on comics <laughs> that's, that's, he's, that's what he does um, he was showing me one he's got it's like um, if it's Spider-Man and the Hulk and all that it's the Marvel ones and um, yeah. then they're into uh, it's like a zombie they end up turning oh, zombies or something yeah. yeah, I kind of know a tiny bit about that, but pretty much it's like a, another uh, a universe within the multiverse of That's it. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I sat, there was a collection, you know, sometimes they bring, they bring out these um, magazine collections, like you get, like for example, James Bond. You can buy the James Bond collection and every. Every fortnight you get this magazine and it's got a free James Bond car with it, you know, that sort of thing. Well, oh, I, start, yeah. I started collecting one at the start of this year, uh, Marvel Comic Collection, and you got a hardback book, like, different different cards every week. So the first episode was, like, uh, I think it was the New Avengers. Oh, yeah. It just got, look, the first episode was, like, one ninety nine, which was good, but then all the... Like fortnightly, it was going to be seven ninety nine. That's that's like six, sixteen pound a month you know, commitment to buying that magazine for a year. So yeah, uh, I kind of I gave, up on it. I gave up on it. <laughs> what a money! Yeah, go. I'm wanting to start comics uh, probably next year. Like, it's just that uh, I'm fine with gaming. I just want to try something new and. I think at the minute it's a good time to start with comics. Yeah. Because they're all like turning into movies at the minute, especially with like Marvel and yeah. quite a lot happening in the DC universe from what I've gathered and especially with Batman at the minute. Yeah, I've been watching that. I've not watched the last three episodes, I've got them on Sky Plus, but I've been watching Gotham. I've not watched that. I've heard it's okay off a... Uh, uh, a friend of mine called Kevin. I know Kevin. <laughs> um, he's he's been into that, but he's just got in Arrow, which I've what I'm up to date on, and the Flash. Well, running together, so that's cool. I've heard good things about the Flash, but I started watching Gotham, which I thought was really fantastic, and then and it's quite dark, and then I started watching Flash, and it just seemed more kind of. Um, family orientated entertainment for the, uh, it's probably just the first few moments that it, is, it needs to get my interest straight away otherwise I'm not going to like it um, with Flashes if you watch Arrow and The Flash at the same time because season 3 of Arrow and Flash run sync together right. 
like the the stories in Twine slash in Arrow's more dark and murderous while Flash is more slightly happier but uh tearjerker. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying both of them. I've I've heard Michael Burhan um, raving about Flash but slagging off Gotham. So but he's to the run. Yeah, I know exactly. I've just finished um, Sons of Anarchy this week and I was like near tears just because the show finished. But I've uh, been like Pierre Jacob for the last couple of seasons on certain like, episodes because you get so fixed on the characters. A lot like uh, with Red Dead uh, Redemption type of chat, you literally get attached. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's the problem I've got is I've not really got a lot of time to invest in watching TV programs, so I've only really got room in my life for maybe a couple of seasons at a time. So I've already yeah. got Walking Dead and, and Gotham, so I can't really. It's hard for me to fit any other TV programming in, just because I'm I'm always too busy playing games or uploading stuff to YouTube or working. Yeah. <laughs> but my uh, wife, you can watch. She just watches everything. <laughs> I don't have TV, like, um, we don't have, like, an aerial, because we just got rid of it, plus, even when I lived at home, I didn't watch TV ever, the only things I watched was Top Gear, sometimes, when that was on, in Geordie Show, and then, the rest of the year, I would just download the shows that I've heard that were good, or yeah. I'd watch them on Netflix, and that was the easiest things ever. Yeah, I think I'd be more inclined to to buy a box set or something than watch it at my own pace. So. Yeah, I, I watched Arrow both seasons within a week. And then, Jesus. And then I had to start watching it lately because, like I said, it was entwining with Flash and I wanted to watch that. But of course. If you watch one thing, it might spoil the other thing, so you got to watch both of them at the same time. Oh, that's a bit mental, that. <laughs> but it's really cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but, what, but sometimes a TV programme will really grip me, and I can sit. I've got a really short attention span, so like anywhere in half an hour, and I'll, I'll do something else now, but I couldn't stop watching... Uh, Last month, <laughs> I watched 10 episodes in a day. Well, not in a day. That's just that. 10 episodes in a week of um, the TV series of From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched the first ever movie, obviously. Oh, of course. It, the, it sounds, when you describe it, it sounds like that's going to be crap because basically they've managed to stretch out the whole movie over 10 episodes. So you see, I think to say, oh, that's going to be pretty crap, like stretching it out. But there's a lot more... Introduce new characters and uh, more backstory to the main characters and stuff like that. So it's and yeah. more, like, flashbacks and stuff. So it's, it's actually really, really well done. And not everything goes the same way as what how it went in the movie either. So yeah, I'm a big fan of the the movie. Like, yeah, I've never watched like the other two movies though, but I would highly, highly recommend it to everybody from Dust Till Dawn the series. Anyway, uh, you've got one more pick, and that is the luxury item. 
and this is an interesting one. Um, you've thought of your stomach in this one, and you've picked crisps. Yeah. <laughs> Any particular flavour? Or uh, Worcestershire sauce crisps. What crisps? Worcestershire sauce crisps. Is it the Oi Walkers? Yeah. Oh, I used to keep people when I never see them. So Worcestershire sauce walkers. I'll give you I'll give you a year's supply. Of Worcester sauce walkers, but don't eat them all in the first couple of weeks, otherwise you'll go hungry for the rest of the year. Because <laughs> you're spending a year on this island <laughs> before you're getting rescued. I'm sure I'll be fine with like two bags of crisps <laughs> every hour. Yeah, that's what I, I ended up eating just yesterday at work. Um, I forgot to take any lunch, so I just ate about throughout the day about four bags of crisps <laughs> KP skips mm. oh, yeah. so Walker's Worcester sauce any other particular brand of crisps that you like um I don't know I like all sorts really but I had a thing the last couple of years for Chili Heat Wave Doritos. Oof, that's too hot for me. <coughs> I think the... I'm not a spicy type of person, but I like the flavour. Yeah. Um, I like Monster Munch. I like... Mm. Like... Uh, like Corn Snacks type of crisps. Right. The messy type of ones are... All sorts, really. Knickknacks? I don't really eat knickknacks that much, but the barbecue rib ones are always amazing. Uh, I like things like um, skips. And, uh, what, like, I don't know if you've seen these, you've probably, you've probably seen these in the shops, like, um, tangy, tangy toms and, uh, powerful prawns. It's <laughs> like little 20 pence crisps by Golden Wonder. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen them in a while, but I know what you mean. Like the the obscure ones you find in like corner shops. Yeah. Bobby's crisps. Do you like them? Yeah, yeah. It's like prawn What's a kettle like homemade type of ones? Kettles, yeah. And you can't beat a good packet of McCoys, I must say. Yeah, well, we had, um, oh, what was it the other day? It was some char grill, whatever one the other day, and that was amazing. Yeah, I think I know the ones you mean. But my favourite flavour is prawn cocktail, and um, I made the mistake of, I've I seen these McCoys in the shop, and they're like, I think they were called something like sizzling, sizzling prawn. So yeah, thought, no, oh, that's, that's probably just a fancy name for prawn cocktail. I'll pick them up. Oh no, they were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is proper um, prawn. I like uh, cheap prawn cocktail crisps. I don't like the Walkers ones. I think they got too much flavour. I like pushed into them. Yeah. Um, Golden Wonder prawn cocktail. Oh, and the best thing I've discovered recently, you can buy multi-pack discos out of like, Poundland. Or Pound World, and they've got prawn cocktail flavor discos in them. They're amazing. Yeah, 
Oh, I haven't had discos in a while. Discos. I think and discos are the only only brand of salt and vinegar I can tolerate. Anything else, salt and vinegar, I find it too nippy. Uh, I think salt and vinegar cheap crisps are nice. Yeah. I think I think sometimes walkers don't uh, put the flavour in properly. It's always like overpowering. Yeah. But I like walkers uh, Worcester sauce crisps. Yeah. Just because of the unique taste I always have. It's it's funny when you hear um, American people trying to say Worcester sauce. They always say Worcester sauce. I can't say it properly. <laughs> who was it? I don't know who it was, but somebody from the UK sent. Do you follow a guy called uh, Escape? Uh, what's he called? Uh, Vinny Corleone, sixty-two. His uh, his real name's Dean Thompson. He's part of Retro Limb. He's an uh, American chap. Anyway, somebody sent him a package over last month, like uh, some games, but also put in some crisps and various snacks from the UK, and they had a packet of uh, Walker's Worcester sauce in there. He's like, oh, look at this, uh, Worcester sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, they sent them like uh, Turnix tea cakes. <laughs> oh, man. I love Turnix um, wafers. Caramel wafer, yeah. But they go straight away as well. That's actually in the next town alone for where I live. That's where they, that's where they make them. Oh, that's right. A little town called Odin, Anyway, um, we came to the end, so thank you very much for sparing me your time this evening. Oh, that's okay. That's and, fine. Uh, sorry, we were supposed to do this last night, but I had a stressful day. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to get it in, because yeah. I was ready to do it, and I joined the... Uh, a giant woodland on his one, and yeah. it went on for like three hours. Yeah, this this is one for quite. This must be come up, well, just short of just short of two hours. That's not too bad. Uh, I did do one with um, Grub Gun, uh, Desert Island Games, and that lasted three hours. <laughs> <laughs> that guy could talk. <laughs> I can waffle on. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, the weirdest that's... thing is in my videos are. Uh, I get um, camera shy and I get like really nervous. But if I'm like just talking like on this type of thing, I'm I just talk me head off. Because you'll if you watch like even like the video I did today, I can't be on camera more than like two minutes. I get yeah. very like anxious. You're talking to a guy that doesn't come on the camera, <laughs> and for very good reason. The only way I could. The only way I could find to come on the camera is by inventing a stupid character <laughs> coming on in a mask. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's for like a hobby where you want to make videos and be on camera or not. It's yeah, the it's thing, quite hard. The thing is, I think people, I think the most successful YouTube channels are people that do appear on camera and and talk, you know, do vlogs and stuff, and that's never really going to be. My style because I'm too I'm too self conscious to come on the camera. Well, um, one of the biggest YouTubers out there is uh, do you know Total Biscuit? Total Biscuit? Yeah. No, I don't. Um, he he does uh the most viewed uh PC gaming mm-hmm. type of stuff and everyone knows what he looks like, but most of his stuff he doesn't show his face for. Yeah. 
there's plenty mm. there's plenty of channels out there that where it's purely gameplay and they've got hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I mean, I follow a few guys in America mainly because they do a lot like a lot of uh, racing games and I like racing games. So there's a guy called um Vintage Beef, who's an American guy, but he must have about half a million uh, subscribers, but he never comes on the camera, it's just dull gameplay. Yeah. So it just goes to show you that it can be done. Uh, I think it just depends on who you are and yeah. how you feel on camera. Well, you would think that I would maybe make up for the lack of appearing on camera with my um, outstanding personality, but that doesn't really work either. So. <laughs> So what you what you see is what you get, and uh, I think I think doing this Desert Island Games has been has been um, what's helped my channel because um, it's very much a part of the community sort of thing. So I think if I didn't do this, and I wouldn't have got so many subscribers. Not that I've got many subscribers anyway, but I mean it's two hundred odd. But I don't think I'd have, I don't think I even would have broke through a hundred if it wasn't for doing this. Yeah, I've just hit past um, I think 135 today, and I've been on YouTube about two years now, and yeah. this is my second channel, and I've had this one about a year now, mm-hmm. uh, about 18 months now, and I'm still just gradually just getting there. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while to find your feet. Um, I started off doing this about two years ago as well, but I don't really class it as properly doing it until about a year ago because the first year was just all about learning and practicing and I wouldn't even not only would I not appear on the camera, I also wouldn't speak. <laughs> so it was like just like gameplay and nothing else. Yeah. Just really learned the learned the ropes. I think it was a I think a few people managed to talk me I'm not kinda of, told me, like, don't care what people think, just go and do it, you know? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I get it. I feel different about my videos all the time, and it's took me about four months just to get one pixel art done. Oh, I can imagine that must be, that must be hard work. But uh, some of the others only took about two weeks, but I was, like, burnt out all, straight away. Because it started with like Dave Wade, and he was like, "I want the back of the DeLorean." And I was like, yeah. <laughs> "Not the side, but the back." So I had to find like the gameplay of the SNES game, and then uh, take a photo of that, and then, like I said, put in the like Photoshop, and then I had to count the pixels, and it was like, "Yep, yeah, this is why it's called a pixel art project." <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> But literally, I didn't know what I was getting until I seen the clip itself, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I jumped in the deep end, but it's pretty meant, and even though I didn't upload it, uh, my partner made, like, a, a secret pixel art for him. Right. And you can imagine what that uh, secret one was for him. <laughs> he didn't know he was getting it, but the most common thing with Lone Boy is Marmite. <laughs> oh, Marmite? All oh, right, I was going to say Sexy Biscuits. <laughs> no, Marmite. Yeah. A big uh, pixel art of that. Brilliant. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, we'll, I'll put the the links to um, to your YouTube channel below on the, on the description when it goes out. Um, I'll put a link to to your channel plus um, all the bump in there. <laughs> Get your and I'll put it over Facebook. <laughs> um, any closing thoughts? Anything you want to plug or say about your channel or anything like that before we go? Um, if anyone's got any decent amiibos out there that they want to send my way, like the Villager, which is the last one out of a wave one, but they want to sell it for the normal price of like £12, please do that. There you go. And uh, just come check out some of the stuff on my channel. Um, I do all sorts of different things, as I feel like it. <laughs> I think some of the stuff on my channel is starting to look a bit better at the minute. Cool. Yeah, definitely go and subscribe, people, if you've not already. Uh, I have, so you should too. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, okay. Enjoyed this, and if you want us to come on any other times for something else, just always ask. I do appreciate that. Thank you very much again, Kevin, and good night, everybody. Good night.